Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio. Our redemption is a fact. Our redemption is not a mere fad. It's not a mere dogma. It's not a mere doctrine. It's an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio. Right now, here's Reverend Talks with today's message. Good day, everyone. Welcome once again to our broadcast. And it's so nice being able to speak and share God's word with you again today. Now, we began to look at a series, seven most important things about divine healing. Seven most important things about divine healing. And we started this a few episodes ago. So I'll just do a brief recap of on some of the things we have covered. The very first of them, we said that healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. We saw that from Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, and 1 Peter 2, 24. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. Now, the second uh, point we looked at is the fact that healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. And then we saw scriptures, Acts 10, 38, John 10, 10, Luke 13, 16, and 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Acts 10, 38, John 10, 10, Luke 13, 16, and 1 John 3, 8. Healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Then the third point, which we began to make in the last episode, we didn't finish it in that episode, so we're going to continue on this third point and conclude on it in this episode, is the fact that God not only provided healing under the old covenant, but he has also provided healing under the new covenant. God not only provided healing under the old covenant, but he has also provided healing under the new covenant. We saw from Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, where it says, And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will permit... That's how it is in the literal Hebrew. None of these diseases upon thee, which I have permitted upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Notice, he doesn't say, I'm the Lord that maketh thee sick. He said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. The same as, I'm the Lord thy physician. Praise God. I'm the Lord thy physician. Then we saw also in Exodus chapter 23, verses 25 and 26, where the word of God says, and ye shall serve the Lord thy God and he will bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. He said, There shall none cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. We saw from those scriptures that it's obvious that God wanted his servants, the Old Testament saints, his people under the old covenant, he wanted them well. He wanted them to live a long life, a healthy life. Now, if God wants his servants to live healthy, certainly he doesn't want his sons to live sick. We also saw in Deuteronomy chapter 7, from verse 13 to 15, where it says, And he will love thee and bless thee, 
and bless the fruit of thy womb, the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep, in the land which the Lord swear to thy fathers to give thee. It says also, thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. Not even their livestock was permitted to be barren. And then in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 7, God went ahead to say that, and the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will permit none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee, but will permit them upon all them that hate thee. So sickness was not permitted. God said he won't allow sickness to come upon them. Now in Psalm 105 verse 37, uh, God's word tells us that God brought them forth, the children of Israel, with silver and with gold. And the Bible says, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. God brought them forth with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. So you see, they were healthy. This uh, is a group of people that had 600,000 footmen, soldiers, able men for war. If the men of war were 600,000, I dare say the entire population is not likely to have been less than 2 million. Now, if in a bunch of people that were at least about 2 million in size, there was not one feeble person among their tribes, not one feeble person, as a result of the Passover that they partook of, there was the Passover lamb. We read in Exodus chapters 11 and 12 how there had been those staggering signs and wonders, those plagues that had befallen Egypt in divine judgment. And um, finally, it was time the children of Israel were going to go. And God told Moses, this is it. Take a lamb without blemish and um, let the children of Israel, one per household, and let them slaughter that animal, roast it, and um, take the blood of it, apply it on the side posts of their houses and on the lintels. And then they were to eat it with raw herbs and um, roast it with their belts on, their sandals girded and ready to move. And that an emissary of death was going to pass through the land that night. And anywhere the blood had been applied, that emissary of death was going to pass over that place. Now we know the devil is the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. So Christ is our Passover in the new covenant. Listen, sickness has to pass you by has to pass over you. Disease has to pass over you. Premature death has to pass over you. Why? Because Christ is our Passover. You see, God provided healing for them under the old covenant. They could live their lives out. They could live healthy. And that same God who did that hasn't changed. It says in Malachi 3.6 that I am the Lord, I change not. See, the terms by which God related with mankind might have changed. Covenants might have changed, but God hasn't changed. God was against sin in the old covenant. He's still against sin in the new covenant. God was for righteousness in the old covenant. He's still for righteousness in the new covenant. God didn't want his people in the old covenant to be sick. Listen, God doesn't want his people in the new covenant to be sick either. God was the healer in the old covenant. He's still the healer today. He hasn't changed. He's a good God. He's a good God. So he certainly provided healing under the old covenant. And not just that, he has also provided healing for us 
under the new covenant. I want us to read from the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. In verses 13 and 14, the Bible says here that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Any blessing that they had in the Old Covenant, it was because of their father, Israel. The Israelites, any blessing they had because of their father, Israel. Any blessing Israel had, Israel is Jacob, it was because of his father, Isaac. Any blessing Isaac had, it was because of his own father, Abraham. So all of these provisions and promises that God gave them under the old covenant are part of the blessing of Abraham. And listen, child of God, the blessing of Abraham is ours today through Jesus Christ as well. The 13th verse says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us. How did he redeem us from the curse of the law? He was made a curse for us. He was made a curse for us because it's written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. You see, when Jesus hung on that cross, we were hung there with him. Galatians 2.20 says, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you see, when he was crucified, we were crucified with him. When he died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When he suffered those three days and nights, we suffered with him. When he was declared righteous right there in hell, we were declared righteous with him. When he was made alive, we were made alive with him. When he was made the righteousness of God, we were made the righteousness of God with him. When he conquered sin, we conquered sin with him. When he conquered Satan, we conquered Satan with him. When he was raised up from the dead, who were raised up from the dead with him. When he was seated, when he ascended on high and was seated at the right hand of the Father, we were seated there with him. And that's where we are today. Our redemption is a fact. Our redemption is not a mere fad. It's not a mere dogma. It's not a mere doctrine. It's an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. The question is this, what is the curse of the law? Well, no better way to find out than to go to the law and find out what its curse was. Reading through the law, which is the old covenant, you know, the term law sometimes was used to talk about the Ten Commandments, sometimes referred to in the entire uh, old covenant, Old Testament, and sometimes it refers to the Pentateuch, the books of Moses, those first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now, checking the Old Testament, particularly the Pentateuch, we discover that the penalty for breaking God's law was threefold. The first part of it was spiritual death. Remember, God said to Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, God told him, the, uh, the fruit of all the trees in the garden he may freely eat. He said, but the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he shouldn't eat of it, that the day he eats of it, he will die. The literal Hebrew actually says in dying, 
you will die. And that's how the Cambridge Reference Edition of the King James Version puts it. In dying, you will die. In dying spiritually, you will die physically. What about us today? Christ has redeemed us from spiritual death. That's why we have the life of God. We have the nature of God in our spirits. We're made new creatures. Then we discover also that poverty was a part of the curse, was a part of the consequence for the broken law of God. If you read in Deuteronomy chapter 28, from verses 1 to 14, we see blessings for keeping God's law. But then from verse 15 to verse 68, we see the consequences for breaking God's law. And included there certainly was poverty. Poverty was included. So poverty is not a blessing. Poverty is a curse. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of poverty. Now, but not only has he redeemed us from spiritual death and redeemed us from poverty. Listen, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. Let me read Galatians 3.13 once again, and then we're going to go to Deuteronomy 28. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. It says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Deuteronomy chapter 28, and in verse 61, we see something that God says here, talking to the children of Israel. Also, Deuteronomy 28, 61, also every sickness and every plague, which is not written, in the book of this law, them will the Lord permit upon thee until thou be destroyed. Now, if you read Deuteronomy 28, you discover that 11 disease conditions were specifically mentioned, which includes madness, blindness, skin disease that can be healed, you know, chronic uh, sicknesses. 11 disease conditions are specifically mentioned. Verse 61 now says, also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, then will the Lord permit to be brought upon thee until thou be destroyed. That, uh, those things are a part of the consequence for breaking God's law. So what does this tell me? 11 disease conditions and every other one that's not listed. So what Deuteronomy 28, 61 is simply saying is this. Every sickness and every disease is a part of that curse is a part of the curse of the law. But Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So that's why Christ has redeemed you from sickness. He has redeemed you from disease. The devil doesn't have a right to put sickness and disease on you. God has provided healing for us. Not only did he provide it under the old covenant, he has also provided it for us under the new covenant as well. So healing belongs to us today. See, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says that all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God by us. All of God's promises, including all the ones in the old covenant, they're ours today in Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that there is. Luke 15, 31, the father said to the elder brother of the prodigal son, he said, son, thou art ever with me and all that I have 
is thine. You see, that's what the Father, our Father God is saying to you, child of God. All that he has is yours. If God has it, it's ours. 1 Corinthians 3.21 says all things are yours. All things. All things will include healing. All things will include these provisions. They are ours today as well. Amen. If God did not want his servant sick, he certainly doesn't want his son sick. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 8. And in verse 6, God says to us right there, Hebrews chapter 8 and in verse 6, it says, But now hath he, talking about Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry. So Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Yes, they had promises under the old covenant. But listen, we've got better promises under the new covenant. We've got better promises under the new covenant. If under the old covenant, God's people could live their lives out without sickness and without disease and at a good old age, just fall asleep and pass on to glory, how much more should we be able to do the same and even do a whole lot more under the new covenant? You see, now we have the life of God in our spirits. They did not. They had an atonement, a covering for their sin nature and for the sins that they committed in the old covenant. But listen, we have more than an atonement today. We have a remission of our past. Amen. The remission of sins is ours as new covenant believers. They did not have eternal life. All they had was a promissory note, a post-dated check on eternal life. Eternal life wasn't yet available. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, the Bible tells us how a person receives eternal life, how a person gets saved. What does it say? It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the way a person receives eternal life is by believing in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, confessing with his mouth that Jesus is his Lord. Then the person gets saved. Now, Jesus hadn't even died, not to talk about him being raised from the dead. He hadn't even come to the earth. So eternal life wasn't yet available. But in the new covenant today, we have the life of God in our spirits. And that life that's in our spirits can also be made manifest in our bodies. Romans 8, 11, he says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That word quicken is a compound Greek word, zopoise. It means to make zoe. You see, the Holy Ghost will make life in our bodies. Praise God. So healing is ours today. It's ours under the new covenant. It belongs to us under the new covenant because we have access to a better covenant established upon better promises. Now, let's look at a few scriptures that show in no uncertain terms, in no unclear way that healing and health belong to us and that they are part of our new covenant as well. In Mark chapter 16, from verses 15 to 20, we read about the Great Commission that Jesus gave to the church. Now, nobody disputes, no sane Christian disputes the fact that the Great Commission is relevant today. It is for all time, as long as the church is here. 
And listen to what Jesus said about the Great Commission. Mark 16, from verse 15 through to 20. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Verse 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20, And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them. Them is in italic. So it actually says the Lord walking with and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So you see, God still works with his word and he confirms his word. Now in this great commission, we notice that there are certain signs that are to follow the preaching of the word of God. Certain signs that are to accompany the believing ones. One of those signs Jesus gave was that the believing ones will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Now, if healing wasn't God's will for us, if healing wasn't a part of our covenant, Jesus wouldn't have said this. But Jesus did. He said, we'll lay hands on the sick. Which sick? Any sick. Every sick. And what's going to happen? They shall recover. They shall recover. Healing is in our covenant. Healing belongs to us today. The name of Jesus belongs to us today. The Bible says, neither is there salvation, Acts 4.12, in any other name. For there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 12. The Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's salvation today and salvation is in the name. Since salvation is still relevant today, then that means the name of Jesus is still relevant today. And if the name of Jesus is still relevant today, and it is, this verse says that in the name of Jesus, the believing ones will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. What does that tell us? Healing is a part of the new covenant. Healing is part and parcel of this testament. Now we read in Acts chapter 8 of Philip, his uh, ministry in Samaria. Acts chapter 8, from verse 5 through the 8, the Bible says, And Philip went down to Samaria, city of Samaria, and preached Christ unto them. So what did Philip preach? He preached Christ. The Bible says, And the people gave heed with one accord, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. It says, For unclean spirits, crying out with loud voices, came out of many that were possessed. Many that were lame and had the palsy were healed, and was, there was great joy in that city. Well, what did Philip preach? Christ. And guess what happened? The sick started getting healed because there's no separating healing from Christ. There's no separating the healer from Christ. He is the healer. We read in Acts chapter 14 from verse 7 to 10 how Paul and Barnabas, they went to Lystra. And then there was this man who had been crippled from birth. All that Paul did was Paul preached the gospel. He preached the gospel. The Bible says that the man had faith to be healed. Where did he get it from? He got it from the gospel. Praise God. So Paul must have preached the gospel that not only spoke about the remission of sins, but also spoke 
about the healing of sickness and disease. All that Paul did was to preach the gospel. And the man had faith to be healed. The gospel Paul preached must have been different from the one some people are preaching today. If the sick are in getting healed, if the sick are in getting faith to be healed from the message you preach, then it's not the full gospel. It's not the full gospel. In James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, the Bible says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. He says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, that's simple enough. That's plain enough. That tells us that God doesn't want any in the church who are sick. God doesn't want sickness to be in the church among us. Now, in case you're sick, it tells you how to get healed. So he wants us healthy. He wants us well. Why? Because healing was not only provided in the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament. It has also been provided in the New Testament, under the New Covenant. Praise the Lord. Look forward to sharing God's word with you next time. Have a lovely, lovely day. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's word and in the things of the spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.